A Music presents the Damn Good Podcast. You know, I look at a production like a hairdresser. Somebody comes in and says, hey, what do you think a fade would look on me? I'd be like, well, maybe what about a fur? You know, we'll try a bunch of different things. And in the end, I don't let anybody leave the studio with who isn't completely satisfied. Music. This is Fernando Perdomo speaking. Fernando Perdomo is a powerhouse on the LA music scene, best known as an in demand producer, multi instrumentalist, and singer songwriter. I am a first generation born in Miami of a Cuban immigrant family that uh, left Cuba in 66 and went to Spain and then went to Miami. My brother was born in Cuba. He's 16 years older than me. I uh, was born in 1980 um, after my family emigrated to Miami in 1978. Uh, My mother was a very famous journalist, and she had her own column for the Miami Herald. She's one of the founding people of the Miami Herald in Spanish, on Global Herald. My dad was a handyman. Uh, My mom played piano classically and always played piano at all the parties. She also was a lover of world music, and uh, I listened to music from France, Italy, Spain, um, everything from flamenco to jazz, growing up in my mom's car. And um, my favorite was an artist that she loved, Michel Legrand, who was a French film composer. And uh, he had Brothers of Schoberg, Thomas Crown Affair, uh, Brian Song, Summer 42. And my mom first noticed I had talent when I was uh, singing and picking out trumpet parts from his records. And she's like, you're not singing the main melody. I'm like, but I like the trumpet part better. And she immediately started me off on some piano lessons. I didn't like the piano because I was watching a lot of MTV. And I realized that I wanted to be a guitar player. So I took up the guitar at about six or seven or eight. I didn't really start getting super good into it when, until I was in middle school. And then in high school, I took off because I had an incredible music program in my high school. My senior high school had something called the Rock Ensemble and Classical Guitar Ensembles. And under the tutelage of a guy named Doug Burris, I started playing every day, and I got really good. And it got to the point where we were doing Sgt. Pepper as a show, we were writing our own songs, we were recording albums. And by the time I got out of high school, I already had over 100 gigs under my belt. And then I started playing in local bands in Miami, and then I got uh, discovered by a songwriter named Nicholas Tolar, who uh, saw me play with a rock band and said, hey, you should come play guitar at some of my demos. And he was working for the Estefans, for Gloria Estefan and Emilio Estefan. And I played out a bunch of demos for him in one day. I got paid 50 bucks. I played out like five songs. I got a call from him in two weeks saying that one of the songs had been picked for an album by a guy named Christian Castro. And the song, because it was Pro Tools era, my guitar parts were actually taken onto the actual master. And the song was released as a single. When the song went to number one, I got brought in to play on the rest of the record. And that began my professional career as a session guitar player. I had my first home studio when I was 18, and I started producing bands when I was then. And and my favorite thing in the world is to produce artists. It's really, truly my favorite thing. But I've had a good career as a session guitar player. I I was in a movie called Echo in the Canyon with Fiona Apple, uh, Eric Clapton, Ringo Starr, uh, Brian Wilson, Beck. And uh, that was a huge thing that happened to me when I moved from Miami to Los Angeles, because... I played 
been on three number one hit albums for in Miami, but there were albums I would never buy because they were Latin music, and I'm not a huge fan of Latin pop. And I came out here so I wanted to play on more rock stuff, and it's been everything I wanted and everything I was warned about. So I love LA. When asked, here's what Fernando had to say about his influences. The Beatles were my uh, guiding light for everything music. I was a Beatles obsessive, and I became super huge into Paul McCartney and Wings, and uh, got to the point where they almost eclipsed the Beatles. And then I got really into horn bands. I'm huge into Blood, Sweat, and Tears in Chicago. We have the opportunity to hear Fernando discuss his approach to his unique production style. And then I got really big into the Tori Amos, who opened up the door for singer, female singer-songwriters, which uh, it's turned out that I've had, I have a niche as a producer, and I work really great with female singer-songwriters. I'm very sensitive to that style because I'm a huge fan of like Laura Nero and Carol King, and then I'm also a huge fan of a lot of 90s artists like P.R. Apple, Eva Forsberg, um, Amy Mann, the Cardigans, and I love that style because, you know, there's a sensitivity to the, uh, the female touch on instruments and on the writing, and uh, I love it. It's, it truly brings me more joy sometimes than when I work with kind of male artists that have, that'll bring in something a little more aggressive. And, and I also, it's, I, I find it a lot of fun to paint colors when there's more space. And a lot of the artists I work with, they provide a lot of space for me to do my thing, and they also trust me. One of my biggest templates is a guy named John Bryan, who is a incredible producer uh, who did uh, Fiona Apple's second record and uh, and Dido and stuff like that. But he's now a film composer. But a lot of times, if you look at a record that John Bryan produces, it's John Bryan and the artist. Like uh, a great album is like Whatever by uh, Amy Mann, where it's mostly just Amy and John. And I work a lot like that in the studio where an artist will come in with their guitar or the piano They'll play me a song to a click, and then I'll just start overdubbing myself on drums, bass, guitar, bass, keys, anything that'll uh, make the song sound great. And then I also have a major motto that I don't program anything. I don't use drum machines. I don't use samples. I don't use autotune. I try to keep things as natural as possible because I have a very 70s mentality when it comes to the art of production. One of his breakthrough opportunities came when he was approached to be the featured guitarist in the Netflix documentary, Echo in the Canyon, as well as playing on every track on the official soundtrack album. Echo in the Canyon is a film and a soundtrack album, both uh, produced and directed by a guy named Andrew Slater. Andrew Slater produced one of my favorite albums of all time, titled by uh, Fiona Apple. He was also the president of Capitol for a few years. And Andrew had this vision of making an album and a movie celebrating the birth of the Laurel Canyon scene. And we're talking 63 to 67. Uh, we're talking the birds, Mamas the Papas, Buffalo Springfield, Love, the Beach Boys, Zappa, uh, the Association. And um, it's the birth of folk rock. And uh, he had all these songs. Jacob Dylan came in and sang vocals on the whole thing. I got brought in because I got discovered in a place called Cantor's Kibbutz Room. It's a Jewish deli uh, in LA, right by the farmer's market, that has uh, a stage in the back. And there's a jam every Tuesday that involves a bunch of really cool and very uh, accomplished musicians. And I got brought into that scene by a guy named David Goodstein, who drums with Dolly Parton and, uh, and uh, She Loves Revenge. And I got brought in there 
and I just happened to be on stage during the right song, and I got to do my Neil Young impression, and Andy was like, hey, you got to be on this record I'm working on. So he introduced me to a studio, he brought me to a studio, Dave Way's studio, and uh, the first thing he noticed is that I knew all the songs already. Like, I didn't need a chart for questions by Buffalo Springfield or Never My Love by The Association or In My Room by The Beach Boys. These are songs that were already in my wheelhouse. And um, I started playing these songs that had Jacob Dylan on vocals, and he says, these are all going to be duets. And I started getting text messages that I always dreamed of. Hey, do you remember In My Room? Fiona Apple's going to be on that one. Hey, do you remember Never My Love? Nora Jones is going to be on that one. Hey, you remember Bells of Ridney? Uh, Beck is going to be on that one. My favorite text I've ever gotten in my entire life was, Hey man, bad news, you're no longer playing the solo on questions. Eric Clapton is, but I kept your rhythm guitar. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be on a track with Clapton? I remember sitting around in my underwear learning uh, Queen songs when I was like nine years old, listening to, you know, Israeli fears. And, and you know, this is a guy who... I've patterned a lot of my lead guitar playing over and I'm thinking I'm on a track with him. So it was originally supposed to be an album. Uh, in 2015, we played a show at the Orpheum with Fiona Apple, Cat Power, Regina Spector, and it was really cool. But he filmed it and decided that it would be a better movie than an album. So the movie took another four years, came out in 2019 and changed my life. And uh, it's opened up so many doors. And it's on my calling card, you know, because... I'm in the band in every single band shot. I'm playing a guitar solo on, you know, Go Where You Want to Go, and I'm in pretty much every shot that involves the band. And uh, that movie did really well. And I'm very proud of it, and I'm very proud of Andy because it was his vision, and he saw it through. And if there's one thing about me that describes me in a, in a total nutshell, is I like to see things through. You know, I like to get things, take things to completion. I'm always working with artists on how they can release their music, how they can promote their music, how they can give their music a real shot, because there's nothing worse than having stuff sitting around in a hard drive gathering dust. Fernando is an acclaimed recording artist with releases in the singer-songwriter, rock, progressive rock, and classical genres. I've played on hundreds of records. I've produced hundreds of records. I guess other career highlights include playing Carnegie Hall with Jay Castrinos of Edward Sharp, playing the Greek Theater with the Dirty Diamond, which is a band I play with. I was fortunate enough to play with the band Yes. They had a memorial for their uh, passed away drummer, uh, Alan White. And uh, Steve Howe did not make it, and uh, me and another guitar player filled in for him, and we played Roundabout. And I could say that I'm one of the few guitar players that have played Roundabout with Yes, aside from Steve Howe. And it was an amazing experience, because Yes is in my top five favorite bands of all time, and they're also really good friends of mine. I have very interesting secret sauces, and one of them is that I love pop music, and I also love progressive rock. So, on one hand, I love two-and-a-half-minute pop songs, and on the other hand, I'm totally down with half-an-hour sidelong epics. So... That's a lot of ground to cover between Close to the Edge and She Loves You, you know? It's a cool thing. He has also been involved with composing for commercials, television, and all media. I got introduced to a few companies via some friends, um, and one of my biggest successes is that I wrote a song for Target for their holiday card ad. Now, in Miami, you don't get a lot of opportunities in a typical English market. 
so this was a Spanish opportunity, but Target loved my song so much that we had to translate it. And it ended up playing during SNL, and it was uh, a huge plus for me. I've also done ads for Honda and for Ford, and I did music for uh, an ad for a Mexican uh, movie theater company, along with Coke. So uh, that was a huge thing for me. And I did sing something for McDonald's in Spanish, which was really cool. And then um, I also have gotten into the world of sync. Um, I had a song on, on Dexter, which is really cool. I had a song on Shameless, and I'm working on a lot of more sync stuff through DA and through all the, you know, it's like uh, through whatever I've been doing has been amazing. And I'm, I have lots of aspirations to get my music out there and, and heard. Fernando had this to say about his current projects, as well as his role as staff producer for DA Music Artists. That includes Sarah Beth and his collaboration with Carmine Apiece. Well, right now I'm actually have a session starting in a little bit with Rebecca Pigeon, very um, popular actress, singer, who has uh, put out a lot of critically acclaimed records. And I'm very fortunate to say that I'm working on the third album I've produced for her. I've done a few singles with Sarah Beth Weeby from American Idol that are amazing. Uh, I just contacted her on Instagram and uh, sent her a uh, mock-up of what I wanted to do to produce her audition song, uh, Betty and the Jets. And next thing you know, she's in my studio being interviewed on uh, Inside Edition and working on more music, and which is really great. I just had a release with Carmine Apice of Vanilla Fudge and Rob Stewart. Uh, we have a project called the Apice Perdomo Project, and the new album is called Running Up That Hill. I've been working on, uh, on a lot of really, really cool singer-songwriter projects. Uh, I just had a, my second movie soundtrack come out. Technically, the, the first one came out as a record. This one came out as a movie that, that was premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, the new one is called Black Mass, and the first one was called Frost. Both of them uh, with the same directorial team of uh, Brendan Sago and Deputy Pin, and they're like horror movies. And uh, The Frost was kind of like a uh, 70s, almost like a new age tangerine dream synthesizer type situation. And in Black Mass, I was asked to make a bunch of music that sounded like the hits of 1978, which came out really cool because I'm really good at making music sound 70s. It's my sweet spot. This is how Fernando makes musical magic happen. So the artist comes in with their little songs and their little acoustic guitars and leave with something that could be played to anyone and they're going to be blown away. And I love working with artists on coming up with ways to dress up the songs. You know, I look at a production like a hairdresser. Somebody comes in and says, hey, what do you think a fade would look on me? I'd be like, well, maybe what about a perm? You know, we'll try a bunch of different things. And in the end, I don't let anybody leave the studio who isn't completely satisfied. And um, I have a lot of repeat customers because my job has also a lot of psychology. And I have to deal with people's insecurities, you know, other people's opinions. And um, it could be very difficult, but at the same time, nothing in this world makes me happier than seeing people proudly sharing the work we make and saying, this is me. Fernando Perdomo helped me find me, my sound. And there's nothing I love more than seeing their eyes light up when they hear the playback and they hear their song fully fledged, fully formed, ready for action.
This has been our Damn Good Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. All music played in this episode are songs by the artists themselves. And we are always here for your project and production needs. Check us out at damusiclibrary.com. 